Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Next Wednesday, yeah, this country, I think, is going to look, it will definitely smell very different because, yes, that is the day pot becomes legal. And it brings us into what I think is going to be a a period of time which will be a wild west of all things weed. And I think the question a lot of people are asking is, are we ready? Because no one really knows in this world of unknowns. Like, how does it work? And the rules change depending on where you live and most provinces admit they are scrambling to figure this out in time i mean yeah the feds came up with this but it has absolutely been dumped on the provinces to roll out even those in charge couldn't clear it up mercedes stevenson interviewed the justice minister over the weekend and three times she was asked how much can you smoke before you're stoned and three times, she, well, this was her answer. In terms of, of uh, driving, uh, we are taking a precautionary approach. Uh, no amount of alcohol or um, drug consumption, in my view, is a safe uh, amount to, to drive with. Really? Like, that's a basic question. And the justice minister can't even answer it? Doesn't give a whole lot of hope. You know, Adam Saperia is a chief strategy officer over at uh, Emblem, which is a licensed producer of pot. So they are very, very busy these days. He joins me now. Adam, you know, seven days from where I sit right now, uh, this country is going to look a whole lot different. And I think a lot of people are kind of scratching their heads saying, like, what is this going to look like? What are some of the unknowns um, that you think are going to bubble up that we should be watching for? Well, this is really, this is a, a, a pretty major milestone in this company. It's a pretty significant date. And for the first time legally in this country, people are going to be able to buy cannabis, certainly for non-medical purposes. We know it's been legal here for for some time. So um, one of the unknowns still in this province, for example, in Ontario, is is exactly how uh, how the online experience is going to look. We know that we're not going to have bricks and mortar retail until uh, until April of 2019. Mm-hmm. So for the for the first number of months beginning October 17th, uh, individuals are going to buy uh, be able to buy cannabis legally only through the Ontario Cannabis Store's website. So uh, I think we're, we're going to get a glimpse of that uh, certainly in the next uh, in the next 7 days and have it ready to go live uh, on October 17th. Yeah, that that brings with it some challenges, you know, one of them that pops into my head is like has any kind of provision been put into place for the, all the people in the mail industry that are going to be walking around with a lot more pot than they might have before uh, when it was just medicinal? I mean, there's just so many little unknowns that uh, we haven't really, I think, thought about that could go wrong, could happen. And, you know, is this, are we making this up as we go along? I wouldn't say people are making it up as they go along. This is a pretty dramatic shift and um, it, it's, the government's been working incredibly hard, and frankly, we've been quite impressed with, with how they've been approaching the cannabis file. Now, it may not be perfect on day one, and it may take some time, but um, you know, it, it certainly took some time after the legalization of alcohol to, to get through all of the, uh, all the challenges, and it's, it's probably going to take some time on the cannabis file as well. How long do you think? 
That's, a, that's an interesting question. Certainly, you know, once we hit April 1st in, in, in the province of Ontario and we can have legal bricks and mortar retail, that's going to be, uh, that's going to be a, pretty, uh, a pretty important date. And uh, certainly it's going to take some, some people some time to, to get used to, to legal cannabis sales. And, and we hope to see a rather quick phase out of, of many of the illegal operators. Yeah, well, well, there's two conversations because once the the you know April date comes along, then we start looking into the edible market, and that brings in a whole bunch of challenges on its own. Um, and then you know, as you as you suggest, um, you know, we're going into this whole area of you know trying to go after people, um, you know, policing this stuff, and we don't really have any true or tried tested way to do this. So it's looking like there'll be a bit of a wild west when it comes to weed. Well, I'd say a few things. In, in terms of, of the edible and, derivative, uh, and, and the derivative market, which is where a lot of people are, are, are really hoping to see some major growth, uh, the federal government did commit that within one year of legalization will be allowing for, for derivative products like edibles, like vape pens. And the advantage of that, of course, is that people aren't going to be smoking. So, you know, the, the more products we can bring to market uh, that don't encourage uh, smoking or, or, or smoking a combustible product, uh, certainly an advantage. And in, uh, in, in this province, uh, the government's made it quite clear that anybody who is operating an illegal storefront on October mm-hmm. 17th is going to be, uh, they are going to be targeted and they are going to be shutting these stores down. So there really is an advantage for all parties involved. Uh, you know, anybody who is interested in seeing a legal regime uh, succeed, uh, it's, it's important to, to, to try to drive those, those black market uh, operators and resellers uh, uh, out. How does that work then? Because, you know, up until now, it's been this whack-a-mole approach where you shut one storefront down and then 20 others are up, you know, the next day to, to supply the demand of pot. And that's been the black market. They're very good about shutting down, opening back up. So how do you get rid of these storefronts, per se, because there are so many in markets like Hamilton, certainly there are, Toronto, there certainly are. How do you get rid of them and make sure that they don't come back? Well, there's, there's a few answers to that. One, of course, is, is it comes down to the consumer demand, and uh, it's important that consumers can experience uh, the legal products. They can understand what the brands are. Um, but we already know there's going to be a shortage. They're saying there's going to be a 400-ton uh, shortage within the first year. That's why, why a lot of people are saying, well, the, the, the illegal market will, will make up for that. Again, it's going to take some time, you know, for at Emblem, for example, we were able to meet all of our provincial commitments to Ontario and to Alberta. We hope that others will, will be able to, to meet their commitments very shortly. Um, the, the other piece of this, it really it does come down to, to education and people understanding what are the benefits of buying from a legal producer, uh, the benefits of understanding exactly what's in your cannabis, knowing that it's been tested by a third party, by a laboratory, mm-hmm. and, and trying to make the experience uh, as positive for consumers as possible. And so will the industry itself be policing others? I mean, is this one of those things where the legal market will band together to try to push out the black market? I think one of our goals as, as legal, as legal uh, participants in the industry has always been to transition uh, consumers, whether it's on the medical side or, or now on the adult use side, to legal product. It's the only cannabis that's tested by a third-party laboratory that, that's overseen by Health Canada in a way that other food or drugs uh, are monitored by by a by a federal uh, by a federal agency, and really, it's in everyone's it's in everyone's best interest. Certainly, in in, in the province's best interest and the industry's best interest to drive demand to the legal channels. The other piece, and again, when we talk about the government's goals in legalizing cannabis, and their two stated goals were to drive profits out of the black market and to keep cannabis out of the hands of young people, mm-hmm. and 
you know, your, your neighborhood dealer is, is not checking IDs, he or she is not incentivized and are really not trying to uh, monitor who's buying their product. The legal industry has every reason to behave in a responsible way and, and wants to ensure that they're meeting uh, all the requirements that's being, that, that are being set out by either federal or provincial uh, legislation. Just, uh, you know, in your view, what are what are the big challenges that you think it's going to take a bit of adjustment for people to get used to? I mean, you're looking at like a two to five year deal where we're kind of living in a bit of a gray zone trying to figure this thing out, or do you think it settles pretty quickly? Certainly the goal is that it settles quickly and people adapt to the new industry. One, one of the concerns that, that have been raised has to do with the, with, with the legislation uh, around uh, driving and some yeah. of the limits that have been in place. Obviously, as an industry participant, we are incredibly supportive uh, of any measures that are going to keep people who are, uh, who are intoxicated or who are impaired off the road. What we do want to be careful about, though, is, is that people who are maybe using cannabis for medical purposes, uh, we want to make sure that they aren't being targeted. Uh, right now, the measures that are being put in place, the, the test is, uh, is really only measuring the presence of THC, and that is not the same as measuring impairment. Right. Uh, so we invested in a group called DriveAble, which is a, a global leader in, in impairment testing, and we really hope to advance the science in, in terms of what is it that makes somebody impaired, how do we test for impairment, versus simply testing for the presence of a particular drug or a particular cannabinoid in somebody's system. Yeah, I mean, look, the justice minister was asked on the weekend, what is the, how many joints can you smoke before you get in your car? And and she couldn't even say the amount. She doesn't know. So if the lead minister on this file doesn't know the basics of, you know, how much is too much, it tells me that, again, there's still a lot of work to do in, in that area that we're discussing of enforcement. There is still work to be done, and that's exactly why we made the investment in DriveAble. Everybody metabolizes cannabis at a different rate, and yes, cannabis can stay in someone's system for, for, you know, for days or potentially even weeks. And that's why it's important that we have a discussion around impairment. Impairment of any type, be it from, from cannabis, be it from alcohol, prescription drugs, whatever it may be, leads to, you know, can potentially lead to accidents. So let's focus on, on truly focus on impairment and make sure that people who aren't fit to drive or who aren't fit to operate machinery aren't doing so. We will be uh, watching with bated breath and um, Cheetos. So I thank you very much. We'll have you on again. That is Adam Superior. Emblem is the product he carries. I guess we'll see it on the shelf soon. Bomb Point here on Global News Radio.